check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where we help physicians and other clinicians master the art of integrative symptom management so they can wholeheartedly care for themselves as they expertly care for their patients. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti, and today we're going to be doing a little bit of self-reflection because I read something on the internet that really made me think. And here was the question, are you a martyr for medicine? Are you a martyr for medicine? And most of the comments basically said, that question makes me uncomfortable, but it really made me think. And it's something that I think it's important for us all to wrestle with. So the first thing I did was look up what is, I I think I know what martyr means, but what does martyr really mean? Here's a definition of martyr. Someone who makes a great sacrifice or endures great suffering in order to further a belief or a cause or a principle. So what I pulled out of that was great sacrifice, great suffering for a cause. So The reason that I think this is a tough question that makes people uncomfortable is we don't even know what we think, right? On the one hand, well, we're physicians or nurse practitioners or PAs or chaplains or acupuncturists or social workers. Aren't we supposed to give everything to our patients? Isn't this work a calling and not a job? Are we supposed to be martyrs? But that has a bad connotation, maybe, but does it? Does it mean we're fantastic, like Mother Teresa will give up everything to help other people? Or does it mean that we don't have boundaries and we're not taking care of ourselves? So I thought it was important that we kind of dig in to this. I'm going to read the definition one more time because it's going to guide our conversation. A martyr, someone who makes great sacrifices or endures great suffering in order to further a belief or a cause or a principle. So here are the key questions that I want us to wrestle with today. Number one, how much are you sacrificing? How much are you sacrificing? Number two, how much are you suffering? And number three, what is your cause? How much are you sacrificing? How much are you suffering? What is your cause? So let's start with how much are you sacrificing? So in your clinical practice, how much are you sacrificing? Are you sacrificing too much time? Are you sacrificing experiences, like things that people are doing on the weekend and you don't have time to do them, or things your family might be doing in the evenings, but you're still charting? Are you sacrificing family connection because you're still at work or still thinking about work or doing work from your house? Are you sacrificing personal space? I don't mean physical space, but like space, time, (laughs) you know, just like space in your day or your week where you don't have a plan and you just are trying to figure out what should I do with this space right now? How should I fill it? Are you sacrificing that because every moment is filled either with work commitments or family commitments or chore kind of commitments or volunteer commitments? Are you sacrificing your personal growth in some way? So sometimes personal growth requires this this kind of open space in our in our day or our week. You can't usually do 
great personal growth and, you know, the 15 minutes you've allotted between task A and task B. So are you sacrificing personal growth because everything is scheduled? What else might you be sacrificing? So that's something for you to think about. If you're sacrificing a whole lot, is this how you want things to be? So that's one thing to think about. How much am I sacrificing? And add some categories to the ones that I gave you. That's one. Number two, how much are you suffering? And and I don't want to assume you're suffering or sacrificing. You may not be sacrificing at all. You may not be suffering at all. Great. But it's something worth checking in with about ourselves. So how much are you suffering? Is your optimism suffering or, or your joy in your day or your joy of the experience of life? Is that suffering? Are your relationships suffering because of how medicine has oozed itself into your life, either in terms of your regular workday or perhaps bringing work at home? Or again, perhaps even if you're not doing work, are you distracted in your head? Are you thinking about work so that your close relationships notice that you're distracted? So how much are you suffering? Is your sleep suffering? Either are you not sleeping enough? Are you sleeping at weird times? Or when you go to sleep, can you not sleep? Or is your sleep disrupted? Are you suffering in terms of health, either physical health or mental health? That's really important. Think about that. Are you, because of the way your medical practice has fit itself into your life, is your physical and or your mental health suffering? Is your creativity suffering? Which I think is related to what we talked about before in terms of sacrificing space. Sometimes you need just some empty space in your day or your week to tap into your creativity. It's hard to fit that into a few minutes here and there. So is your creativity and your creative thinking, I don't mean just art, although art's great, but I don't mean just that, even in other ways, just your creative being, your creative way of thinking about the world, your problem-solving space, your you know, excited about different ways to see the world part of you is that, is that suffering. And then how about your love for medicine or your meaning in your work? Is that suffering? Because I'm sure that you went into whatever your clinical profession is, you went into it because you wanted to make a difference. You wanted to do good things. You wanted to help people. Is that still so? Is that still robust and powerful like it was before? Or is your love for your work suffering? Okay, and then number three is what is your cause? Your cause does not have to be big. It really doesn't. And I'm in no way saying that your cause has to be your work either. It does not. So maybe you want to be the best doctor, nurse practitioner, PA chaplain in the entire world. And maybe you don't. It's totally fine either way. So your cause does not have to be your work and it does not have to be big. But what is it? What is your cause? Is it to be a really engaged parent? Is it to be the best neurologist in your state? Is it to have strong relationships? And of course, you can have multiple causes. But if you were going to think about like what what central thing really drives you? And and again, I'm not saying it has to be some great big passion. It truly doesn't. It might be to live a satisfied life. It might be to to get enough sleep every day. It might be just to show up as a loving person. It doesn't matter what it is, but I think we should check in with what is it? Because if 
the way we're functioning in our work is taking away from what we feel is our cause, then it's not going how we want it to go. It's not ideal. Maybe your cause is to make your patients feel seen and heard. Maybe your cause is to create new and innovative things in the world. So take a little time just to think about what what is it? Like, what do you care about? What drives you? What's the central thing? And it doesn't mean the other things don't matter, but like, what's a primary central thing? For me, when my kids were little, I was a physician and I was a really caring physician and my my patients liked me and I also taught medicine. My students liked me very much. But my central cause at that time was to be a really engaged parent. And that's okay. It's totally okay. So don't feel like it has to be one thing or another thing. And and it doesn't have to be your family or kids or your pet either. It could absolutely be work. But I think we should know, like we should check in with ourselves so we're not just functioning on autopilot, but we actually have a sense of what it is that drives us, what it is that's deeply meaningful for us. And at different times in our life, it's going to be different. And that's great. So that's why we should continue to check in with ourselves. Because what it was before, it might not be now. For me, for example, my kids now are grown. They both now just recently have graduated from college. And so it's different. For me, I think if my whole cause remained parenting them, that might not be ideal. Certainly for them, it probably wouldn't be ideal. So while, of course, I adore them and I would do anything for them, right now is a different time of life for me. And so for me right now, helping patients through helping clinicians, that's my cause. And that's different too, because it used to be directly helping medical students. And then for a while, it was my kids. And then for a while, it was directly helping patients and creating an integrative palliative program. And right now, it is helping patients through helping clinicians. And it's taken me a while to kind of figure that out. So it really doesn't matter what it is, but it matters that we check in with ourselves to figure it out. For example, if somebody wants to be a fantastic clinician, and so they're they're working full time, and they're exhausted all the time, and they're maybe not being as connected and empathetic with their patients as they want to be because their schedule's too full and they're too exhausted, that's not really fulfilling their cause. That's not really working for them. So for that person, it might be better to have two part-time people in the practice who are really engaged, who, who get extra education and great counseling skills, who check in with each other about their stress and well-being, who support each other, who have enough space to fill up their cup outside of work so that you have two engaged and happy clinicians instead of one burned out one. So the reason I'm so interested in helping patients through helping the physicians and other clinicians is because I have seen what happens when physicians don't live our life this way and other clinicians don't live our life this way and we get burned out. You can't be as good at taking care of the people that you went into this business to take care of when you are depleted. And the whole concept of having clinicians who are burned out mentor or model for sick people how to be well, that's crazy, right? Like, I think we need to fix this model of creating unwell physicians and clinicians and then expecting them to mentor other people to health and well-being. That's nuts. 
So for me, that's now become the thing that really interests me is is helping clinicians fill up their own cup, have more skills to help their patients feel better so that the patients feel better, but not at the expense of the clinicians. That's kind of what I've seen that I really don't like is focusing on patient well-being, but at the expense of the clinicians. And so this idea of can't everybody feel filled up, can't everybody have what they need, I think that's really important. But when I was doing palliative care with somewhat unsupportive administrative experience during the early pandemic, when I was pretty burned out, I couldn't see that, really. I couldn't see it. And so this idea of are you sacrificing and are you suffering is so important because if you are, you probably aren't fulfilling whatever it is that's your cause, whether it's work-related or unwork-related. Because ideally, your cause is not just like survive another day or make it till Saturday. That shouldn't be your cause. Ideally, we figure out what it is that drives us in our limited time here on earth. And then we make sure that we're not sacrificing too much or suffering too much so that we can really have space to figure out what is our cause and to fulfill it and to fulfill all the parts of our life. Okay, so to review, if we're trying to figure out are we a martyr for medicine? And let's just say that's not a good thing. We don't want to be that. We want to be great at what we do, but we don't want to be a martyr for medicine. So here's the questions. How much are you sacrificing? How much are you suffering? And what is your cause? Besides reflecting on those three things, which I really want you to do, what else can you do? First, you can be creative about your solutions. So it doesn't have to be, I do it the way I've always done it, or I quit completely. Don't, it doesn't have to be that. You could work less. You could work differently. You could hire people to do stuff around the house that you don't like to do so you don't feel so burned out at home so you can keep working how you are if you want to do that. You could do less. You could stop signing up for extra things that you don't need to sign up for. If you have trouble saying no, you can make a deal to check with your partner or your friend. Let me just run stuff by you before I say yes to another thing. And in terms of how you work, yes, you could go part-time. But small solutions sometimes can make a big difference. So, so the second one is to know that sometimes just a small change can really make a big difference. So could you leave a little earlier? Like, could you go down to 90% and leave an hour earlier? I didn't do the math. I don't know if that's really 10%, but you get the idea. Like, could you go not half time, but like a little less than full time and have your last patient end earlier so you get home earlier, if that would be important? Could you work four days a week, either four regular days, so that's part time, or four longer days, so you're still full time, but you have a whole extra day of space? Would that help? Could you arrange to see fewer patients, maybe you'd make less money, but you'd have longer visits with the patients, would that feel better? Would that fill you up? So rather than thinking like, I've given everything I can, I'm burned out, forget it, I'm out. Is there a way that a small change could make a big difference in how much you're sacrificing or how much you're suffering? So it's worth a try to think about, are there different creative ways that you could change the situation so you suffer less and sacrifice less? Number three for solutions is take your vacation. Please take your vacation. You need space to allow for self-reflection, to allow for creativity in terms of what's a creative way that I could work the situation so that I'm happier. Take your vacation. 
I know it seems like you can't, but the truth is, if you broke both your legs and your arms, you wouldn't be working and they'd figure it out. So if you're given vacation, take vacation. And if you work for yourself, please take vacation anyway, because that space is really important. Number four for solutions is you can work on the judge that's in your head. So the judge that's in your head, it's different for all of us, but it has a similar flavor. Basically, like you're not good enough, you're doing it wrong. Um, It could be better if you weren't such a mess up, those kinds of things. So like, you need to work harder. You can't take vacation, everything will fall apart without you. Everyone will judge you if you take a day off or you see fewer patients or you leave early. You're a bad doctor if you don't work full time. Or you're a bad doctor if you don't give every ounce of yourself to your patients, then you're you're fake and you're not good enough. So that's all junk and garbage and BS. But we all have this judge in our head that says mean things to us. And a lot of those messages may have come from your parents or other things you heard when you were young, or who knows where they came from, but we all have it. So if that judge is really loud, leaving by three o'clock every day is not going to make everything great. So it's an important part of solutions is to work on this judge in your head. And if you want help with that, let me know, because part of what I do is help physicians and other clinicians with that very thing. So I forget now how many that was. One, two, three, four, five, I think five. The fifth thing that you can do in terms of solutions is learn skills to create the life that you want. And as I said, that might be different at different phases of your life. So you have to figure out at this phase, what is it that you want? And then practice the skills to manifest that. So for some of us, that might be boundaries, learning skills for boundaries, how to say no, how to check with someone else before you say yes, how to be better at time management so that you have more space. If there are certain types of patients that are really tough for you, like people with chronic pain or chronic anxiety, learn extra skills. I would recommend integrative types of skills to help those patients feel better so that that doesn't weigh on you. So look for the parts in your life, in your day that are making it harder. And if there are skills that you can learn to make that burden less, then do that. And then the last one is to intentionally create a community of people who see the world like you do. Because if you are fed by working 100 hours a week, that fills you up, that's life you want. Be sure you're around people who also feel that way. Because otherwise, if you're around a bunch of people who are working part time, they might make you feel badly about that. On the flip side, if keeping space in your life for your own well-being whether or not you have kids or dogs or cats or or a spouse, if it's important to you to have space in your life for whatever, then you really want to make sure you're around other people who support that and also see the world that way. Because if you feel that way and you only hang out with people who work 100 hours a week, they'll make you feel bad or you'll make you feel bad in comparison. So when you figure out what you want this life to look like, make sure you bring some people into your life who also want that same thing. Okay, so your homework for this week is to play around with that question. Are you a martyr for medicine? And by medicine, I mean patient care. So if you're not a physician, but you're another clinician, this speaks to you just the same way. So are you a martyr for medicine? Meaning, are you sacrificing too much? Are you suffering? too much? And what is your cause? And are you setting up your life so that you support it? Okay, so your first 
part of your homework is to just play with those questions and do a little self-reflection. And then the second part is to make an action plan. You're going to be creative. You're going to look for small changes that might make a difference. You're going to take your vacation, schedule a vacation, (laughs) schedule a vacation if you have time left. You're going to work on that judge in your head and reach out to me if you want some help with that. You're going to learn some skills to make the parts of your life that are stressing you out easier if you can. And then you're going to bring in community of people who think like you so that you don't feel alone in your way of of walking through the world. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Please do share this one with another clinician because this really matters and you'll really help me because my cause is to help patients through helping clinicians. And I know there's a lot of clinicians out there who are sacrificing, who are suffering, and who are trying to fulfill their cause, but but it's hard when you're sacrificing and you're suffering. So pass this one along. Let me know if you have anything else that you want to talk about, any topics that you want to hear about, and I'll see you next week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by the Integrative Palliative Institute. Visit our website, integrativepalliative.com. There you can access physician and clinician training, well-being coaching, free downloads, and other cool stuff. And feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and share your favorite episode with a friend.